0: Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show via the Zell app by sending to box13 at greatdetectives.net. And you can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time to bring you our first new episode of 2021, and it's time for an episode of Crime Photographer, the first circulating episode from the Anchor Hawking era. The original air date on this one is August the 29th, 1946, and the title is The Red Raincoat.
1: Well, Casey, how are you coming along with that crossword puzzle?
2: Well, I'm stuck, Ethelbert, for a seven letter name beginning with H, and it's a place in Ohio.
1: That's a tough one, Casey. Ah,
2: Not for me, boys, not for me. Hiya, Tony.
3: Hiya, fellas. Yes, sir. The word you're looking for is Hawking H O C K I N G. The Hawking Valley. Hey, that fits. Hey, I get it. Anchor hocking. Oh, you said it, Casey. Anchor Hawking, the world's largest makers of household glass. <laughs> Prime Photographer, brought to you by Fire King Oven Glass. Anchor Glass Containers, Anchor Caps and Closures. All products of Anchor Hawking, a great name in glass. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tony Marvin. Every week at this time, the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation brings you another adventure of Casey, crime photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole, our adventure for tonight, The Red Raincoat.
2: Night. About
4: 9.30. Rain.
2: Hard, pelting rain that has driven people indoors and left the streets deserted. At the corner, a bus stop. A woman alights from it. She wears a red hooded raincoat that covers her head and most of her face. She turns into a side street lined with cheap walk-up apartment houses. Midway of the block, she's about to pass the entrance to an alley when, from its darkness, there's a gunshot. Then another and another. A woman falls. On the street, brakes are hastily applied to a bruising taxi. As it comes to a skidding halt, the driver... Police!
4: Police! Police! Hey, copper! I heard those shots. Where?
2: From that alley, I think. I didn't see no one. Well, this dame got it in the back. Three bullet holes. Stay here, fellas. Don't let anybody touch her. I'm going to look in that alley.
5: Get back, you people! Get back!
2: This ain't a free show. There's been a murder here. Push him back, Valetti. So I'll have room to shoot a picture. I'm doing the best I can, Casey. Move, you folks. Move. That's better. There's one for
4: page
5: one. Now,
4: that'll be all, Casey. Well, look who's finally got here. My old pal, Logan. How often do I have to tell you that no press pictures are to be taken at the scene of a homicide until after the police photographers get through? Oh, I've got a
2: rotten memory, haven't I, Chum? By
4: rights, I ought to take that camera
2: away from you. Oh, no, you wouldn't do that to me. Not with all these people looking on. I No, not you cops! Push this mob back! Clear hey, the, the block so we'll have everyone have room to move around! Sergeant!
4: Yes, Captain?
2: Tell me what happened to oh, you. I can tell you that, Logan. Yeah? A cab driver, that little guy over there, heard three shots fired from the alley here and saw this gal in the red raincoat pulled up on the sidewalk. Yeah? A uniformed cop, this guy right here, heard the shots too, searched the alley and found nothing. All the rest is up to you. Huh.
4: What is Doc's report, Show, Sergeant? He said the woman was
2: killed instantly, Captain. One of those bullet holes is in line with the heart. Of course, he can't be sure it
4: followed that line through her body until she's turned over. Well, don't do that when I tech men you through. No, sir. Anyone find out who the woman is? Not yet, sir. When we can go through her pockets, we'll probably find something that
2: Ann come... Williams is circulating through that crowd, Logan. Trying to locate someone who might know... Say, here she comes now with a fat tape.
6: Hello, Captain. Hello, Miss Williams. Uh, Casey, this lady thinks she recognizes the
2: dead woman. Well, that's swell, Annie. If you can identify her, lady, your picture will be in the paper. Say, hey, I happen
4: to be in charge here. Oh, excuse us, Lowe. Uh, who do you think the dead woman is, lady?
7: Well, as I was just telling this young newspaper woman, officer, I can't be sure because the poor thing is lying on her face. But I'm almost positive that's the body of Nora Gelhorn, because she had a red raincoat exactly like that. <laughs> She's the only woman in this neighborhood who'd wear anything so flashy. And I've got a notion that a certain person wanted her out of the way. Huh?
4: What do you mean by that?
7: Well, her husband, officer, has been carrying on something disgraceful with another woman. Mrs. Gellhorn told me that herself. And she wasn't the sort who'd let a man divorce her just because he happened to fall in love with somebody else. So I think... That
2: her husband shot her?
7: Oh, I know it's an awful thing to say, mister, but from the goings-on I've heard about it, I think he's been planning to put her out of the way for a long time. As I was saying to my eldest daughter, Eloise, only last Uh, night... Where
4: do these Gellhorns live?
7: Oh, um. Over there in the corner building on this side of the street. That's number 371, apartment 4C. I live in the apartment house next door. I'm Mrs. Patch. Mrs. Ida Patch. I said to my eldest daughter only last uh, night... Excuse I said, me,
4: Mrs. Patch. Who's the other woman in this case? The one you say Gellhorn's been carrying on with?
7: Oh, her name's Randall, Emma Randall. She and her husband live in the same building as the Gellhorns. Their apartment's directly across from mine. Hey, wait
2: a minute. This Emma Randall has a husband? Yeah, Poor man.
7: Hey, you know, he stands in the way of Ferris Gellhorn's plans, too. So if you policemen don't act fast and put that murderer behind bars... you will gonna... act
4: fast, Mrs. Patch, if a checkup shows that your story is okay. Oh, you'll
7: find it true, all right. I'm not the only person in this block who's been expecting a thing like this to
2: happen. Captain Logan. Yes, Sergeant? The photographers and tech men are finished. You can examine the body now.
4: Hello, Mrs. Patch. I want you to make your identification positive.
2: Oh, I hate to look at the poor
7: thing. Ooh, well, Captain, I know my duty. So Will
4: you turn the body over, Doctor, so we can see the face? Uh, thanks. Mm. She wasn't a bad-looking gal, then.
6: Nope, kind of pretty. Oh, oh!
4: Well, what's the matter, Mrs. Branch? Wait,
6: that isn't Nora Gelhorn. It isn't. No, that's Emma Randall,
4: the woman you said Gelhorn was in love with.
7: Yeah, but that's Nora Gelhorn's raincoat. I'm sure, but now that I see it close,
4: uh, Since Mrs. Gellhorn isn't inside of it, you'll have to revise your theory. I guess you don't think Gellhorn would shoot the woman he's in love with.
7: No, no, he was crazy about Mrs. Randall.
4: He wouldn't shoot her.
2: Uh, too bad, Logan. For a few minutes, it looked as though you had a sweet suspect in a
4: case that was half sewed up. Well, it may still be that way. Mrs. Patch, what kind of a guy is Randall, this dead woman's husband?
7: Well, he's a nice, quiet kind uh, of quiet man. quiet kind, yeah. huh?
4: Did he know about his wife from Gellhorn? Oh, he must
7: have. Everybody knew. Uh,
4: he sounds like the answer, Casey. This guy Randall stood all he could, then waited for his wife tonight and paid her off.
7: James Randall wouldn't do that. He couldn't have done
4: it. I'm afraid that's something you can't be sure of, lady. But
7: I am sure. Mr. Randall hasn't been outside of his apartment since early this evening. He was inside it when I heard shooting down here on the
4: street. How do you know he was inside?
7: Well, his living room window was just across the court from mine. One of his shades was up a few inches, and I saw him over there, lying on the couch. You saw him? Well, just by accident, of course. I never spy on my neighbors. Sure.
2: Well, that's that, Logan. Yeah. But there's another possible angle. What? That red raincoat. Mistaken identity.
6: Gelhorn may have thought he was shooting his wife. That's it, Annie. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Mrs.
4: Patch, you're sure this is Mrs. Gelhorn's raincoat?
7: Oh, I'm positive. I recognize it by those peculiar buttons and that little mended place on the right shoulder.
4: Well, have you any idea why Mrs. Randall should have been wearing it?
7: Well, I suppose Nora Gellhorn lent it to her.
4: Weren't they enemies?
7: Well, not outwardly. Like most jealous women, they may believe they were friends. Would have made things kind of difficult if they didn't, seeing as they not only lived in the same house, but worked in the same restaurant.
4: Uh, Worked in the same restaurant? Yeah,
7: Harley's Grill. They're both waitresses there.
4: Do you know if Mrs. Gellhorn or her husband are home now?
7: No, I don't. Their windows aren't on my side of the house.
4: That's too bad. Let's find out for ourselves, Logan. We will, Casey. Sergeant, take charge here. Yes. Sir. Have Martin take Mrs. Patch down to headquarters and get a complete deposition from her.
7: Oh, I'd much rather go with you, Captain. Now, you and
4: the Captain
2: can get together later, Mrs. Patch, but I'll shoot that picture of you now. For the
7: paper, Mr. Casey?
2: Uh-huh, the best paper in town. Oh,
7: goodness, I look just a fright in this old coat. On account of rain, I didn't well, get Fine to...
2: clothes on you would only gild the lily. Oh, Mr. And uh,
7: well, Now,
2: just stand just as you are, hold that bewitching smile. <laughs> that does it. You want to take another? If he does, he's staying here without me. Come on, Miss Williams. I'll take more shots of you later, Mrs. Patch. Coming, Logan.
3: With prices mounting everywhere, here's a fact that's worth noting. Right now, on the shelves and counters of your favorite chain, variety, hardware, and department stores, you will find a wide variety of pale blue Fire King oven glass dishes at prices far lower than you would have paid for any baking dish a few years ago. And each piece of Fire King Oven Glass, regardless of price, is guaranteed for two years against oven breakage. Now is a good time to replace your worn-out kitchen utensils with new and beautiful, easy-to-clean and easy-to-keep-clean Fire King Oven Glass. Remember that Fire King Oven Glass is not only a sturdy, dependable friend in the kitchen, it is also an adornment to your table. Fire King Oven Glass is a product of Anchor Hawking. A great name in glass.
4: Try to put yourself together, Mr. Randall. I'm sorry we've had to bring you such rotten news. And my wife? Dead. Tough fellow. Please let me go to her. I got to see her. Uh, Not
6: now. Later, pal. Yeah, but she's lying down there in the street, you say, in the rain. They'll have taken her away by now, Mr. Randall. You can go to her when you get a little more used to the idea of what you'll have to see.
4: Maybe. Maybe that'll be better. Who killed her, Captain? Who shot my wife? Well, we hope you may be able to help us find that out. I don't know. I I can't help you. Before we came to you, we stopped at the Gellhorn's apartment. Nobody was home. Why'd you stop there? Well, we wanted to meet uh, Mr. Galhorn, especially. He a friend of yours? He's a neighbor. I see. You, uh... You've been talking to people, Captain. Someone's
2: been telling you things.
4: Oh, frankly, yes. Randall, do you think... No. Ferris that... Galhorn would be the last man in the world who'd kill my wife. That wasn't the question I meant to ask you. You think he's the sort who'd kill his own wife? I... I don't know. Now, when you let us in here, Mr. Randall, you said you'd been asleep. Yeah,
2: I, I was tired, and I came home from work, and I lay down on the couch there.
4: What time was that? It
2: was around half past six, Mr. Casey. I slept until your knock at the door woke me up. Uh, there was plenty of daylight when you fell asleep. Around half past six, Mr. Randall. Why did you turn the electric lights on, then? The lights? Yeah. We saw a crack of light under the door before we knocked and woke you up. Well, you see when my wife is... I was working late, Mr. Casey. I always turned the light on for if I was going out or going to sleep. You see, she...
1: She headed to come home to... dark partner.
4: Would you keep
2: your big mouth shut, Casey, and let me handle this? It was a question we wanted answered, wasn't it? Well, I'd have asked the question,
4: and I'll check on the answer. Now, you attend to your job and let me attend to mine.
2: Okay, I'll take some pictures. Uh, no, yeah, Morning Express readers will want to know what the dead woman's apartment looks like. That'll be a good shot of this living room. Now I'll get one of the bedrooms.
6: Yeah. Mr. Randall, you must try to pull yourself together. You, you just must. Yeah, I, I'll right.
4: I'll do my best, Miss Williams. Good. Well, <clears throat> how, uh, how long have you been married, Randall? Eight years. Uh, when did you and your wife meet the Gellhorns? Well, about two years ago, Captain. What sort of a fellow is Gellhorn?
2: I hate the guy's inside. He's a lousy wolf and a double-crosser.
1: But if you suspect him of her murder, I know you're wrong. He wanted her to live. He didn't want her dead. This man sounds like a square shooter, Captain. Yeah, he does, Miss Williams.
2: Check me down on that too. Oh, so you're back again, Captain. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to miss anything.
4: Who's there? Politi, well, Captain. Uh, come in. We found Mrs. Gellhorn. Oh, is
8: this? I'm Nora Gellhorn, Captain. This officer came to the restaurant for me. He told me why.
4: Uh, sit down, Mr. Gellhorn. I've got to ask you some questions.
8: Just a minute, please. Jim. Yeah, Nora. You know I didn't like your wife. I had plenty of reason not to, but... Now, I'm very sorry for you. Thank you. Now, Captain, what did you want to know?
4: Well, first, Mrs. Gellhorn, did you lend Mrs. Randall the raincoat she wore tonight?
8: Yes, I did. It was pouring when she got through work, and she didn't even have an umbrella with her. I was working late tonight in another girl's place, and... I figured the rain had stopped by the time I finished, so I said take my coat.
4: And you remained at the restaurant after Mrs. Randall left there, Mrs. Gellhorn?
8: Yes, I did.
2: I checked, and Mrs. Gellhorn was in the restaurant when Mrs. Randall was shot, Captain. Oh, okay, Pelletti. Mrs. Gellhorn. Yes? You said you worked late tonight in another girl's place? That's right. And do you usually come home at the same time as Mrs. Randall? Usually. Did your husband expect you at the usual time tonight?
8: I guess so. I didn't bother to tell him. He doesn't care when I come home or if I come home.
4: That looks like the payoff, Casey. Eh? Yeah. Uh, you know where your husband is tonight, Mrs.
8: Gohan? He told me he was going to the movies. What theater? I don't know. You might find him at any of the neighborhood theaters. Except the 4th Avenue. He went there last night to see Lost Holiday.
2: We'll pick him up. Sergeant Flanagan's posted guys at all the theaters around here, Captain. And that Mrs. Patch gave us a first-class description of Gellhorn.
8: Oh, Mrs. Patch is the one who's been telling you cops things. She
4: told us nothing that you and Mr. Randall haven't verified, Mrs. Gelhorn.
8: Oh, all right, then. My husband has been two-timing, both me and Jim Randall here. But if you've got an idea that he killed Emma, you're wrong.
4: I've told him that, Nora. Well, Mrs. Gelhorn, do you think he'd have liked you out of the way and uh, Randall here, so he and Mrs. Randall would be free to get married?
8: Well, sure, he'd have liked that, but I know that he wouldn't. Come in. We've got Gellhorn, sir.
4: I'm all ready for him, Sergeant.
2: He's downstairs. You want him brought up here?
4: Yeah. Uh, uh, wait a minute. He hasn't been told anything. Oh, not a word, sir. Where'd you get him? Coming out of the Fourth Avenue Theater.
8: Fourth Avenue. You said
4: he'd seen the show there, Mrs. Gellhorn.
8: Well, I thought he had last night. I can't understand.
4: I can. Uh, go into that bedroom, Mrs. Gilhorn.
8: Into the bedroom. And for
4: just a few minutes. Close the door and don't come out till I call you. Then come out quick.
8: All right, I'll do it, but I, I don't...
4: Okay, Sergeant. Have Galhorn brought up. Yes, sir. The Captain will see him up here, Pete. Come on. The
2: old surprise treatment for Galhorn Logan.
4: Eh? Yeah. His reaction when he sees his wife alive is all I need now. Certainly looks as though... Everything that... fits. Even the theater where they picked him up. He'd seen the picture there, so he could describe every part of it that was shown while he was waiting in that alley.
6: He went there after the shooting to establish an alibi. Sure, Sure he is,
2: Captain. Bring him in. You don't
4: have to. uh... I'm Captain Logan, Gellhorn. So
2: you're the force of these monkeys who've been putting
4: the muscle on me. What's the big idea? We're simply doing a little investigating, Mr. Gellhorn. Investigating what? And why here? Randall, what's your part in this? Why have I been brought to his apartment? I'll explain, Gellhorn, if you need an explanation after... Lady, come out of that bedroom. You in that bedroom, come out. Nora, Think you're looking at a ghost, Gellhorn? What, what's my wife doing here? She's the last person you expected to see, isn't she? You thought she was dead. Why, well, I, yes. I... So wipe that phony look of innocence off your face. The woman who wore your wife's red raincoat tonight was Emma Randall. Huh. She's dead. Emma's... Yes. yes, Gellhorn, with three bullets in her back that you put there.
8: I? I get it now, Captain. He mistook her for me in my raincoat.
2: He killed my wife, let me add him out him. <laughs> <laughs> I've got him, Captain. Not before I get a picture.
4: What's this all about? You know, Gellhorn, I'm arresting you on a charge of murder. Me? Murder? I got a shot of that, too. All right, boys, let's get him back to headquarters.
6: Oh, you can't on, do this. You, you don't know what you're doing. Well, Come on, Casey, this case is all sewed up. Let's
8: Get our stuff to the paper.
6: Okay,
2: Annie. Uh but I wonder What? If this case is sewed up right. <laughs>
1: After what you and Miss Williams have told me, Casey, I can't see any doubt of that fella Gelhorn's guiltiness.
6: There isn't any doubt, Ethelbert, except in Casey's much too active imagination. Oh, Annie, you've
2: closed your mind like Logan. Oh. You two had so completely sold yourselves on Gelhorn's guilt before you saw him that nothing could unsell you. Didn't mean a thing to you, for instance, when Logan's big surprise act laid an egg. Oh, that. Gelhorn didn't act as if he was looking at a ghost and his wife stepped out of that bedroom. Well,
6: so what? He probably got a flash of Emma Randall's face after he shot her, realized the big mistake he'd made,
8: and was all prepared. Well,
2: that's possible, yeah. You know, Mrs. Gelhorn took longer than she should have to come out of that bedroom. And then she looked more nervous than her husband. I'd like to know why. Oh,
6: Casey, you're trying to make something out of such little things. Well,
2: the parts of the case fit too smoothly, Annie, as though they'd been oiled by somebody.
1: Yeah, but I can't figure it out, Oh, nuts. You know, this Gellhorn business is a lot like another murder I read about. It happened over in England. And that's the
2: Haslington murder,
1: yeah. Haslington was the name of the gal who got shot. You know about it, huh? Yeah, Ethelbert. Oh, that's
6: a famous old-timer, Ethelbert. Happened before any one of us were born.
1: It was all news to me when I read it a couple of months ago in the detective magazine. They called it The Case of the Sable Cloak. Case
2: of the (laughs) Sable... Yeah, Detective Magazine Wood. Hmm? Say, you know, I promised to show you those pictures I took last night that the paper didn't have space for. Yeah, I'd like to see them. Uh-huh. Here. Here's a print of the Randall living room. This is the bedroom. And here's Mrs.
6: Patch. Mm, and will she be sore because the picture didn't make the paper? Uh, she's the woman who gave us the lead on Gelhorn.
1: Ain't she a funny-looking old dame? Look at the... <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's a dangerous old dame I
2: Say, wait a minute. Give me that picture I took of the bedroom.
1: Huh?
2: I noticed it before, but it didn't register. Look at the pillows on the bed.
6: Well, well uh, they're, they're just pillows. Yeah, but
2: they're on top of the bedspread, uncovered. I
6: don't see Randall's think...
2: alibi, Annie. What? Ann, now wait a minute. Look at this picture of the living room. The window shades are pulled to within a few inches at the bottom. Now, that narrow space is all Mrs. Patch had to look through when she saw Randall lying on the couch. What
6: has pillows in the bedroom got to do with it? That's what
2: I'd like to know. Ethelbert, you say you read about the Haslington murder in a recent magazine. Was the magazine true murder chronicles? Yeah, but it was called the
1: case of the sable clothes.
2: What does it? You've been a great help to me tonight, pal. And to Ferris Gellhorn. I? Come on, Annie. We're going to pay another call on Emma Randall's husband.
6: Well, okay, Casey, but I'd still like to
7: know...
1: So would I...
2: But what
1: was the... Oh, they always do that to me.
2: Who's there? Casey, Mr. Randall, and Miss Williams. May we come in? It's important. Uh, just a minute. Casey, how are you going You'll to... soon know, Annie. Hmm. A door just closed inside there.
6: Oh so what? I don't know why you haven't told me all you I've think. I've
2: been too busy thinking to tell you anything. Okay. Uh, come in. Thanks, Randall. Uh, sit down, Miss Williams. Thank you. Casey? I'll rest on my feet, thanks. What, uh, what have you come to see me about? New evidence in your wife's murder. New evidence? Yeah. Gellhorn didn't kill her. What do you mean? It's, it's awful stuffy in here. You mind if I lift this shade and raise the window, window a little? Since you're already doing. Thanks. It. Randall, you ever read a story called The Case of the Sable Cloak? I... No. <laughs> it's funny. It was published only a few months ago in True Murder Chronicles. And I noticed several issues of that magazine here last evening. Well, I, uh... Those magazines belong to my wife. I... I never read them. Oh, I see. Well, this particular story told about a rich Englishman who fell hard for a gal named Haslington. He wanted to marry her, but he had a wife. His wife owned a sable coat, and one night he shot and killed a woman who was wearing that coat, but the woman had borrowed it from his wife, and the woman was Miss Haslington. Well, that, uh, that's, uh, like Gellhorn and, uh, and Emma. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. The cops were pretty sure to remember the famous Haslington case if a similar murder occurred and to jump to a conclusion based upon it, see? If everything was previously arranged to point that way. Uh, don't you think so? I uh, I don't know. Oh sure you do.
1: I tell you how I, the I don't... guy
2: who really murdered your wife was fairly smart. He started to point suspicion toward where he wanted to fall soon after that magazine story gave him his big idea. And he figured a pretty fair alibi. He even had an excuse for a light to burn when it shouldn't have, so he could be seen in a place where he wasn't. What are you driving at? After the murder, he continued to play smart. He denied his belief in Gellhorn's guilt while constantly pointing the finger at him. And he got rid of the clothes he'd worn out in the rain. I, I looked for him while I was in your bedroom last you, you,
1: night. You're accusing me? Because you
2: slipped up on a little detail last night, and because tonight, the two of you made up bigger, mistake. Keep away from that door. Come out of that room, Mrs. Gillhorn. Come
8: out. All right. Here I am.
2: You shouldn't have let your murder partner come here to talk things over, Randall. And you shouldn't have hidden her so clumsily before you let us in.
4: He knows, Nora. He knows everything.
8: Shut up, Jim. He wouldn't have known anything if you hadn't said that. It doesn't
2: matter now, does
8: it? Yes, it does. Don't make a move. means you too, Miss Williams.
2: Is that the gun your boyfriend used to kill his wife with?
8: If it is, you'll never prove it.
4: Laura, what are you going to do?
8: The only thing to do, Jim, kill these people. They know you killed your wife and that I helped you. They can send us to the chair.
4: You'll never get away
2: with it.
8: We'll tell the police you broke in here and I shot you in self-defense.
2: Just a second, Mrs. Gellhorn. I want to go on living. And I've arranged things, so I will. How do you mean? (laughs) You've forgotten I opened that window.
8: Window? Mrs. Patch.
2: She's been getting an eyeful and an earful. I'll
7: well, have you known, Mr. Casey, that I only happen to be at this window by accident?
2: I believe you, Mrs. Patch. Give me that oh. gun, Mrs. Oh, oh. Thank you. Oh. Now, you two smart killers, sit down and wait for the cops. Go oh. on, Randall. Phone headquarters, Annie.
6: Okay, Casey. After I phone city desk. Oh, but wait a minute. You still haven't told me why those pillows on the top of the bed may We'll go pictures.
2: over to the blue note, Annie, and I'll tell you all about it. All right. Oh, Mrs. Patch. Yeah? I guarantee that your picture will be in the Express tomorrow.
7: Oh, Mr. Casey!
3: Food supplies still present a picture of confusion. Many of the old established brand names are scarce. Many new names appear on your grocer's shelves. Under the circumstances, how can you be sure of getting the quality you want? May I make this suggestion? First, look for a name you know. And second, and especially when in doubt, buy glass-packed foods. For the glass container in itself is a guarantee of quality. Being transparent, only the best can be packed in glass. Only the best is packed in glass. Anchor glass containers and tamper-proof anchor caps so widely used for the packaging of better foods are products of Anchor Hawking. A great name in glass.
1: Now, back to Casey and Ann at the Blue Note Cafe. This uh, Randall and Mrs. Gelhorn planned the kill so they could be free to tie up with one another, huh, Casey? That's
2: right, Ethelbert, yeah.
1: You still haven't told me what you had on Randall when you went to his place, Casey. Why,
2: I didn't have anything, except the Haslington case you'd mentioned.
1: You mean the case of the sable cloak.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, pal, the case of the sable cloak. Then.
1: I think that's a nice title. I only had that,
2: a hunch about those bed pillars, I hope that Randall would crack up and make an admission.
1: Yeah, what was your hunch
2: about them bed pillows? Oh, I figured Randall might have rigged up a dummy to fool Mrs. Patch. Uh-huh. that all she really saw were his pants and shirt stuffed with pillows.
6: And that was all she saw, too, Ethelbert. When Randall came back after the shooting, he got out of his wet clothes, put on the dry ones that had covered the dummy, and tossed the pillows back under the bed. But a little too carelessly.
1: What'd he do with the clothes he'd worn out in the rain?
6: Put them in Gellhorn's apartment. Mm-hmm. They belonged to Gelhorn. Randall had even worn his things.
1: Say, he and that Missus Gelhorn thought of almost everything.
6: Yes,
2: Ethelbert, mm-hmm. almost everything.
1: You know, Casey, it's like my sister Edna says. Quote: Anything that's not worth doing is not worth doing well. You unquote. <laughs>
3: Prime Photographer is directed by John Dietz and stars Stotz Cotsworth as Casey. It is written by Alonzo Dean Cole and is based on the fictional character of Casey, created by George Harmon Cox. It's lighter, more compact. It requires no deposit, no return to the store. We're talking about that famous Anchor Glass beer and ale bottle pioneered by Anchor Hawking. It will shortly be released for civilian use. Watch for it. The new Anchor Glass, one way, no deposit bottle, a product of Anchor Hawking. A great name in glass. Our cast included Miss Leslie Woods as Anne Williams and John Gibson as Ethelbert. The blue note pianist was Herman Chittison, and the original music was by Archie Blyer. Crime Photographer is brought to you each Thursday at this time by the Anchor Hocking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, and its more than 10,000 employees. Anch- Anchor Hocking. A great name in glass. <laughs> Again,
0: this is CBS, Welcome back. It was nice to hear a little bit of Casey at work as a photographer. And this is well written in that he does have a way with people in getting them to take their picture and to open up that is the type of thing you want to have as a news photographer looking for news and or an interesting subject. And even laying it on a little thick when necessary. One thing that I should mention is a little bit about Tony Marvin, the announcer. He definitely adds a lot to the show, just his voice and uh, intros. Marvin really was a very uh, important announcer. Uh, he was best known for his work with Arthur Godfrey, uh, worked on a lot of uh, projects with Godfrey for a total of 12 years. Until later on in the golden age of radio when you know budget cuts were coming and it was decided that Godfrey was going to do a more informal arrangement and he would not have his own announcer. Of course, Marvin also worked on a lot of other shows, both uh, while he was working with Godfrey as well as afterwards. He did quite a bit of DJing as well as some live remote programs he also served as an announcer for something called my true story when it went to mutual in 1961 and apparently it aired over network radio for uh, for abc and nbc for something like 15 years it sounds like an interesting concept and maybe a predecessor to some of those sort of true story uh, podcasts out there. One thing that is noted over at uh, bluenotebulletin.blogspot.com is the uh, phrase, with prices mounting everywhere, uh, is, which is in the first Anchor Hawking commercial, is that the consumer price index in 1946 rose more than 8%. And there was quite a bit of uh, inflation after the war when people you know got back to you know uh, you know had income and really started to go out and uh spend it. You know, and it is an odd thing that we hear about in the golden age of radio, at least for me. You know, I know some of you out there, you know, remember the 70s, but it's not really been, you know, much of an issue in recent years. You know, the most that I hear about inflation is that the, you know, those few times where the Fed actually increased interest rates to prevent uh, potential inflation. But it's never shown up as this sort of problem that it was in so many, you know, prior decades. All right, well, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Jill, Patreon supporter since August 2019, currently supporting us at the Seamus, level of $4 or more per month. Well, that will do it for now. Join us back here tomorrow with for The Fat Man, and we'll be back uh, next Monday with another episode of Crime Photographer. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net, follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives,